uh, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. And I, I want to share, it's interesting. Uh, Mom always sends me the uh, songs list and, and the order of service kind of way we lay that out. We, me and her and Glenda work that, work that out, go over that. But, you know, in honesty, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to what songs we're going to do because uh, typically I just trust that she hears from God and I hear from God. And, and it, it, God always fit it together, and I've seen him, him do that year after year after year. The title of my message is Jesus, the Power of Be Changed. And I think that song just uh, fit right into the, the way the message and what the message is. Uh, she gave me the name of the song, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really think about it until sitting there. And that happens week after week after week. And so those of you that hear all the time understand how that usually intertwines very very effectively. I, I've had people, song leaders all the time ask me, what are you preaching on? I'll try to fit a song into that. And I'll say, well, you know, as of right now, this is what I'm preaching on. But, you know, sometimes God changes things with me right before the service or as the service come together. But Ephesians chapter 3, you know, I was, I was uh, as I do each week, praying over what to, to do. I've been teaching on some several types of series and things. And, and uh, but the, the, the passage, a passage in, in the Ephesians uh, came to my thinking, my thoughts, and, and I began there. But I, I went into a part of it that I, I don't normally, haven't normally focused that much on. And let's start in verse 12 because uh, we'll get back to the verses following that, which was what I believe the, the, believed what the message was until I really began to put things together more, even more this morning. But in verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, in Him, and he's talking about Jesus, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, and, th and through faith in Him, we may, uh, we may, appro we may appro approach God, if I can read him, we may approach God, and notice what it says, with freedom and confidence. You know, there, there's several things, you know how I like to just take some specific words and, and, and tie that together and pause and look at it and think about it. And chew that up and divide that out. But he, first, the, the first thing is in him. You know, if you do a study on how many times the Apostle Paul and, and Peter and others, but really in the writings of Paul, who wrote so many of the books of the New Testament, he, he, he talks about that being in him or in whom or in Christ. And, and having that revelation, getting that understanding, doing a study that it's a it's a valuable thing. He says, in him. And through faith in Him. So, so he's qualified or he's, he's narrowed it down to those who are in Christ Jesus. He didn't throw this out there to just everybody, but he said in Him or in Christ and through faith in Him, we approach God. So, so just that, even if we just took that much of that scripture, I mean, that's a good place we want to be able to approach God. And we, we can see how we can approach God. But then he says in freedom... And come with freedom and confidence. See, there's there's a value to us understanding and knowing that. You know, if you if you look at Jesus, and we're going to look at Jesus' life a little bit. You know, we're getting into that Christmas season. We we talk a lot about the, the birth of Christ and we talk about what he provided, what he brought. You know, we were working on kind of thinking through the, the service here, the service on on Tuesday night and then the, the, the Christmas Eve service which we'll have here uh, a short Christmas Eve candlelight service and I'll speak just a little bit on, on that uh, Tuesday night but I want you to see that uh, 
there is a dynamic in and some dynamics going on through this Christmas season that sometimes it's all just focused on the birth of Christ. And I, and I want us to understand it's that relationship that's built in, and comes as a result of having the, the place of being a child of God and having that ability to approach God. He says, in freedom and confidence. Now, there's a whole lot that goes into that, but the, 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 the position that we're in, the slave to sin, in a sense, is the way Paul likens it to. He says, man, being controlled by and, and ruled by the things of the world, the enemy of our flesh, the enemy of our, our, our lives, and then also just the, the, the struggle of sin, not having that ability to approach uh, God. Uh, if you think about it, uh, many times, and, and there was a saying, it's kind of a clever saying, it says, why do uh, robbers not find, or many people don't find God for the same reason a robber doesn't find a policeman. They're running the other way. Right? I mean, we, we, we want to be able to pursue God, we want to be able to look for God, we want to be able to go, go find God where He is. But uh, we have to have that ability, that freedom to approach Him. And, and you know, if our life is not right, we don't have that confidence. If we're feeling condemned, if we're feeling uh, like we don't have access, like sin hasn't been taken care of, like there's an issue, and, and there is that known issue, then we're not going to have that confidence, we're not going to have that freedom to come before God. But He says, in Him, and through faith in Him, in other words, what all He's provided, man, we can kind of like that song said, man, we can come to the altar. We, we can come to God because of what Jesus Christ and what He provided. Now, I want us to look... If you've got something to mark it, we're going to come back to Ephesians chapter 3, but it's going to be a while. We're going to turn to several verses. Go to Luke chapter 4, and I want us to look at look at Jesus and, and just for a moment begin to set this up by an understanding of what Jesus did and the life that He lived and, and the way He did it. Now, when I look, when I, when I ask myself, if I ask myself, God, what is your will? I think a very easy explanation of what God's will is, or, or a demonstration, we can say it that way, is the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, you can read through those gospels, and when you start, if, if you've never done this, but you, you probably have, but for those who might not have, if you start in, in Matthew, you know, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, there's there's four gospels, they're in that order. Those were four disciples of Jesus who became apostles, leaders in the church who who Related the life of Jesus. Some of the stories overlap, but it's interesting they overlap, but they, they, they're from a different perspective, from a different heart, and sometimes they're not word for word. But it's interesting how they all, they, the, the, the life of Jesus and the things that are emphasized in that life, the examples and things that are seen demonstrate God's will. You know, the, the thing that I saw was as Jesus went to the hurting, the lost, those with the, those who were that were in need. Jesus said, "I didn't come to the healed; I came to the sick." In other words, I, I came to the ones who were needing something. Right. And, and but the wonderful thing about the life of Jesus, example in, in the Gospels, was is everybody who came into His presence or He came into their life was changed. Yes. You know, the, the people say, "Well, don't 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 we don't need to condemn?" That's true. Jesus loved. He loved all. But when Jesus walked into their life, the, the, in that love, He also brought the transformation of the change, whatever needed, to put them or bring them into the place they needed to be. And that's our hope, is that, is, man, if we give our life to Jesus Christ, and when we put Jesus in the center of our life, that, that 
he brings the hope and, and I, as my title says, the power to be changed or the power to be transformed. We're going to look at what that looks like a, a little more as we go through this. But first of all, I want to establish something. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4 of Luke. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan. Now, understand, this is, this is Jesus being baptized. We're going to back up and read this just a little bit. But this is Jesus at about 30 years old. He, he's, he's been on the earth for that long. He, he knew who he was. He knew what he was about. And remember, there's a story where he was in the, in the temple at 12 years old, and the, the, the scribes and Pharisees or the, the people were astounded at what he knew, his knowledge. So it wasn't like he was unaware, but yet he was not publicly acknowledged. And so, but, but I want you to understand this is right after he's baptized. And we'll go back and read it in a second. I, I wanted to do it this way. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan River, Jordan being the river, and was led by the Spirit, what Spirit? The Holy Spirit, into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end, he was hungry. Now, uh, I, I, several points that I wanted, or the thing I, I wanted to go there for is us to understand that Jesus was a man. He was never not the Son of God. But he, and we'll look at some other scriptures to point that out too, but he came in the earth as a man to experience what we experience. He became or he chose to be a, a human being so that he could accomplish defeating the devil, overcoming sin, but we, as we'll see in a little bit, so that he could experience what we experience. To 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 be able to empathize, to understand, to completely uh, be aware of all that we go through, but at the same time, bring an answer, bring a result, and bring a change. Right. See, we can't say, well, you know, God, you just don't understand. But He does. See, because Jesus, that's why, that's, that was part of, the, part of the thing. Notice, He was led by the Holy Spirit. It, it's interesting that He was... Here, you'd think the Son of God wouldn't need the third down there, there's the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We'll see examples of that when we back up just a little bit. But He was led by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. In Him being chosen, or Him choosing to lay down or set aside that deity power, not take the advantage, I'll, I'll read some commentary in a minute that will put that in better words, but not taking the advantage of being Christ, or the Son of God. I mean, no, not taking advantage of being the Son of God. He, he, there's a, there, man, there's such a value in that. See, after 40 days, he wasn't so supernatural, wasn't the Son of God. Son of God wouldn't have been hungry even after 40 days because he wouldn't really need to eat. But a man, as the Son of Man, still being the Son of God, he was hungry. See, the, the, the wonderful thing about that is, is he understands that if, that, that our, even physical pain or that suffering. That was a challenge for him. And so I think it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that he was, and it also says that he was tempted by the devil. See, he didn't ever fail. He didn't ever sin. But he was tempted to. Wouldn't have had a value if, he had, if it hadn't also been a temptation to him. And so the, the values that Jesus can relate to or understand or recognize the things that we go through. And the wonderful thing about the life of Jesus was no matter what the circumstance, 
No matter what the situation, I wrote a few things down. No matter what we face, Jesus, they, he can understand. He can, he, no, let me read, let me write, read what I wrote. Jesus faced what we face, experienced the greatest of temptation, dealt with the suffering, the enticement to sin, the rejection of people, the loneliness. So he, he understands where we're at. But yet in every situation, no matter the circumstances, how did he do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And focusing on that end result, he knew that it was going to be different. He knew it was going to what the end result was. And I think that's one way or, or, or a help to us to be able to understand it. Now let's back up a little bit into chapter 3 here in Luke. And uh, let's look at uh, verse 21. And, and we'll see the, the Trinity here. And, and this is... Uh, John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. But John the Baptist was baptizing. Remember? Okay, so John the Baptist came in and he was, before even though Jesus was alive at that time, he was preaching, the, he was a forerunner, called a forerunner for Jesus. He's preaching, hey, there's one coming. And, and he's preaching, but he's also preaching repent. He's preaching turn to God. He's, he's preaching those things and he's baptizing in the River Jordan. Verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice from heaven, uh, and the voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And I want to read this, this commentary out of, out of this new this, uh, life application Bible. It says, Luke emphasizes. Jesus' human nature. Jesus was born to humble parents and he birthed unannounced except to the shepherds and foreigners. See, well, you know, you'll hear the Christmas story and what, what happened? The angels went out and they found the shepherds and they said, hey, there's going to be a baby, the Christ the King is going to be in there. And, but he went to foreign kings and they came, a noblemen. But, but we, we, he, he wasn't, it wasn't proclaimed within, it was in a manger in, in Bethlehem in a, in a lowly place. Unannounced except to shepherds and foreigners, this baptism recorded here was the first public declaration of Jesus' ministry. Instead of going, and then notice this, instead of going to Jerusalem and identifying with the established uh, religious leaders, Jesus went to the river and identified with those who were repenting of sin. When Jesus at age 12 visited the temple, he had understand, understood his mission. 18 years later, at his baptism, he began carrying it out. And Jesus prayed, when, and, and as Jesus prayed, God spoke and confirmed his decision to act. God was breaking into human, human history through Jesus Christ. Though theologians, theologians had long uh, been troubled by Jesus allowing himself to be baptized by John, after all, this baptism was for sinners. See, some people would get a, be hung up with this. But yet Jesus is identifying, even though he never sinned, he was going through that same process as a as a as the Son of Man, as the Son as as the Son of God becoming man. So that's a value. Verse or going on here, this is the verse, but in this commentary, it says, "Why then did Jesus do it? He did it because he is both God and human. He underwent baptism and even death as only a human could." He lived a, a sinless life and rose from the dead as only God could. 
That's the awesome thing about, about Him. And that's the awesome thing about why we come to Jesus. That's the awesome thing about why we, why we uh, call ourselves Christians and why Christian, Christianity is our faith that Jesus came as a man doing what only men could do, not taking the advantage of, of being a God's son, but then He also went to the cross, took our sin, paid the price for it, allowed himself as the Son of God to be that sacrificial lamb, was dead, was crucified, was dead, and was buried, but he rose again as only God can. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference. That's what we that's what we value. That's what we can we can enjoy living and walk in. And that's why I always tell people, you know, we celebrate Christian Christmas as a as a baby in a manger and the and the immaculate birth and the and the, the, the supernatural conception and all those valuable things and, and I don't want to I don't want to diminish those at all, but it's only the precursor to this is how God got 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 Jesus got the Son of God into the earth so that He could absolutely defeat and destroy everything that holds us back from being a child of God Amen. and receiving eternal salvation. And, and giving us the ability to be changed by the power of God. So uh, that was the beginning of that. And uh, so we see there the Trinity, the Father speaking down, the, the Holy Spirit sending us as a dove, and we see the Son of God in, in, the, in human uh, form and in human flesh there in that. And Jesus then went into the wilderness, and, and then he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And he overcame him. Now, I, I don't want to spend the time in, in reading how he overcame all those things, but I do want to mention the fact that every time the temptation came, how did Jesus overcome the devil? By the word. Remember, remember, he said, it is written. You went, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm now with you. And it's that story. Okay? See, but, but that's how we overcome the devil. That's how we overcome temptation. That's how we overcome those things. It's by the word of God. And that's, that's where our faith is built. And so, uh, I wanted you to see that while we're, uh, let's look at, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll see another example of this and, and, uh, or another illustration of what I'm talking about in Hebrews, over in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. <coughs> if we look at, uh, <coughs> boy, I mean, those first, 13 verses are amazing. Don't, don't read them now, but just note that and read them later. Right? I don't want you being distracted. You won't hear anything I say because you're scanning those. Oh, you're already good. Quit. Right? Yeah. I saw you here flipping through your little, little electronic Bible. Yeah. It is. Uh, but verse, verse 14 in Hebrews chapter 4, he says, Amazing how some of these verses they hit 14 on, on several of these different books. But in, in verse 14 it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. See, we have a faithful high priest, this Jesus who, who has ascended. In verse 15, he says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. See, uh, there's people who try to put Jesus in a in a in a sinful situation. There's time. I mean, there's not church, but I mean, I, I've seen where they've tried to say, well, Jesus 
you know, had, had an affair, had, had, had babies or had these relationships and this goofiness. I don't know maybe where it all comes from, but uh, but Jesus was able to that that Jesus lived his life, and and he saw and he walked through and he sees and and our and understands our and empathizes with our weakness. So that was the value that he came into the earth as a man. He set aside his deity power, as Philippians talks about. We'll look at it over in Hebrews chapter two 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 also. But he 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 goes into those things, and, and Jesus as a man comes into the earth, that gives us hope. Because He can understand our weakness. Because how many of you got a weakness? How many of you got something that you failed? How many of you got, under, you know, we, 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 we fall short at being like Christ. Right. Uh, Dakota and I were talking about this, how, how you begin to, when you begin to name yourself as a Christian, you begin to mark yourself. So I can tell people, wear, wearing a Christian t-shirt, you know, that's wonderful. But uh, it also lets people know I'm a Christian. So if you do things that are not Christian-like, then it's it's a bad thing. It's like it's like sitting in a restaurant and talking about Jesus after church and and having your waitress wait on your waiter wait on you and then not tipping. Terrible example. I mean, I've, I've heard waitresses and waiters don't say, "Man, I don't like the church crowd. They're terrible tippers." You don't know, man. Don't do that. Drink water if you've got to in order to tip. Set aside. Give her, give her the, 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 the Coke and the tea money, at least. I don't know. I'm, I'm messing with you. Well, that's a good thing, though. Represent. If we're going to talk about this. She hears us talking about Jesus. That's when I tip, even if they're not good. That's right. I do. I'm like, I ain't going to. I don't. This, uh, I don't hardly ever tip even if they're not good. I just may give. 10% or 15% to them instead of 20 or 25. But by golly, I, my wife's been a waitress before. I started to say I had. I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> we first married, she waited tables. Any, anything she could do. But be, be a representation. Dakota and I were talking about this. You know, he, he prayed. Sorry if I tell you a story. <laughs> Here I go again. Did this Tuesday night. I started telling somebody a story and then asked for permission. Sometimes it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But he, he, he decided he's going to start praying for the saved. He, he runs the Enid Livestock Auction. He said, I want to start praying before. See, God's transforming his life. He's been a Christian, been a believer, but, but he's, he's beginning to understand the Word, and God's beginning to transform some things. We'll see that in that marksmanship. But he was talking about how difficult that was. He wasn't comfortable doing that. Well, I said, that's because of the weight of it, the responsibility of it. Because now you, okay, now you have to start trying to live a life. Amen. Well, listen, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fall short. See, here's the, here, but here's the thing. We don't measure Christianity by people. We measure Christianity by God. Amen. Because Jesus, if we measure Christianity by, by people, that's, that's, there's a ton of people who are not in church because that person in church did something wrong. I mean, there's there's waitresses and waiters who aren't in church because the Christian church crowd is sorry tippers. That's their fault. They shouldn't be in. They, they shouldn't let something like that. But often, sometimes they do. I know people who aren't in church. They say, oh, "I do that person in business." Some of you businessmen. I know that person in business, and they did me wrong. Well, listen, I'm gonna tell you. I I've done. I do a lot of business. I mean, and, and have worked in business as well as being a pastor. There's times I take the 
reputation. Not that he needs help with his reputation. But, but I mean, there's times I do that. But you know what? There are some people that absolutely will not let you do them right. I'll, I'll give you an example of a situation. I don't think you'd figure out who this is, so I, or I wouldn't tell the story. But I had a... I had a, a guy we, we got a, a grass lease on, a, a lease on, and I did everything to make that right. We gave him two years to get to, to let him know ahead of time to adjust his business, his cattle, his things. I when I took it over, I paid him for things that he did that I really didn't need to pay for. I mean like I let him, we let him have it two months into the summer, like into, like instead of getting it in March, we got it in June, which if you've ever rented grass, that's a terrible thing to do because he didn't spray weeds, he grazed all the early grazing. I mean, this put me in, basically almost cost me a whole nother year, but doing everything, and he goes around town think, threatening to whip me and how I took this away and I did this and that and that, and it wasn't even me necessarily. I mean, it was, I, I'm giving more information, but you understand, I, 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 I get it. Sometimes as Christians, we can't. We do our best to do right, and we can't. We can't always. So you know. But here's the thing: always leave it in God's hands and trust it to God. Because there's going to be some people, regardless of what you do, you can't be perfect in your business. So I, I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm, I'm getting on you a little bit, and then I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit. And understand, sometimes people are just, they're just people. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Sometimes people are just really hard to do. You know, it's kind of like ministry. It'd be awesome if it wasn't for those people. <laughs> but oh, but not us. It's only those church people that come to church. <laughs> but 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 you understand what I'm saying? I mean I mean we're 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 going to attempt to be the best. We're going to attempt to represent as Christians. And that's a weightiness that we ought to feel. And that's why I brought the story about Coda. It, it was pressure to pray, not because he's he's comfortable in a group of people. He's comfortable stepping up in front of people. He's confident in that. But representing God something that's that's new, and there's a weight there. But here's here's what's so wonderful about Jesus is is the power of forgiveness, and the power and the power of our lives being a testimony of the love of God for us. That even in our failure, in fact, Ephesians talks about it, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Even when he knew what kind of guys we, we were, he, he began, he, he died for us. And so as we make that transition, that change, I'll tell you about that, where I, I, would, I would feel guilty coming to church because I knew I hadn't lived a perfect life while I was still learning to, still don't, but, but while I was learning to, to adjust my, my mouth and my practices and my thoughts and my and my you know, stories and my things that, that would have not represented very well. And so we grow in those things. See, Jesus came into people's lives and the wonderful thing about everything that when Jesus came into their lives, they began to change. And see, the only people that were not changed by the power of Jesus Christ and the love that He has for us are people who were unwilling to hear what He had to say. We used the, the example before of those who a little further into Luke, where, where man, when he opened up the Word of God and he began to say, this for Scripture is fulfilled in your ears today. And there was a bunch of them, but there's those religious leaders that said, I, I don't have that. See, that's one of the reasons that, or I won't have that, I don't want that. I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus, when he went to the, he, when he when his ministry was going to be a proclaimed and announced, he went where the, where the sinners were instead of to the religious leaders. He, he, he 
he went he went to where he identified. Now, so Jesus understands our weakness. Look at look at verse uh, four, 15 again. He says, "For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who is who was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin." Verse sixteen. Let us there or let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Huh. Sounds kind of like what we read earlier. Approach God with confidence and freedom. Over there, we, we add that word here. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen. See, that's the image that we ought, to, we ought to see when we come before God. We're, we're coming before God with, a, with a, a, a realization and understanding that we're receiving. We can come confident to know that because He understands things we, cha we were challenged with, and because He did through being a man, experienced and overcame the things that we need to overcome, we can have mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. I love that definition of the difference between grace and mercy. Grace, we always understand, is unmerited favor, something we don't deserve, we can't earn. It's, it's that free gift. Mercy, so grace is, the, is receiving what we don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. You know, this whole world we're in right now, I mean, man, it started a few years back. But it, how many times in, in the, this, this, how many times in, in a day, if you listen to the radio, watch TV, listen to any commercials, do you hear, you deserve it? And that's a big promotion. You deserve it. You deserve that better house. You deserve that better car. You deserve that, you know, these people, you, des you deserve, I am. I don't know. I don't want to get on a soapbox here. You know, that, that could be. Listen. I mean, you deserve what you what you earn, what you work for. You deserve, I mean, you know, really. But where God's concerned, thank God He didn't give us all we deserve. Because born where we're born, doing what we do, living like we live at times, we deserve, according to the Bible, Wages of sin or death. We, 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 we don't deserve or don't receive what we deserve, deserve without Christ. That's the mercy of God that enables us to come and receive what we what, what He's bought paid for, received and given us, provided for us. The grace, which is the free gift of salvation, the ability to come before God and say, God, I blew it. Or God, I can't deal with this. God, I don't know how to handle this. You know? and, and, and wow, what a, what a powerful uh, thing that he did. See, how did, uh, how, did, how did Jesus overcome? I love that illustration that, that Jesus immediately, when he came up out of the river and, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, said that he, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, now, if he was as a man, if he set aside, taking, setting aside the advantage he had as being the Son of God, then he needed power, he needed ability, he needed help. And that's why the Holy Spirit was involved in even Jesus' life. By design. Not because he was... Not because he never quit being the Son of God, but because he chose to not take that advantage and to do it as we have to do it. And, and, and overcome as we overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to get into over the next couple of weeks is the, is the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us 
transform, helps to transform and change our life. Let's look at while we're in Hebrews. Look, look at Hebrews chapter 2. We're getting close to winding this down. But Hebrews chapter 2. Again in verse 14. I didn't plan that. It's just amazing how uh, chapter 2 verse 14 says Okay, verse 14 says, Since the children, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who, who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. See, he 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 broke it. Why? Because he came in the flesh to break the power that was on the flesh. He says, verse 16, For surely it is not angels He helps, but Abraham's descendants. That's us, both Jews and Gentiles, or those who were not born Jews. Verse 17, For this reason He had to be made like them, like humans, for fully human in every way, in order that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who also, who are also being tempted. Man, I love that. I read that out of King James all my life. Didn't hardly really understand. I read it out of this NIV. Boy, so much simpler. So much more plain. So that, 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 that verse 18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. See, that's, a, that's valuable that we understand. It was a challenge for Jesus. The, 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 over there in Luke chapter 4 and 5 where, where Jesus is tempted, man, I mean, it was a big, it was really tempting. You know, he knew he was going to go to the cross. He knew he was going to suffer. When, 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 the, when the garden of Gethsemane, when he sweat drops of blood over, over getting ready to go to the cross, making that choice, making that decision, that was still his decision. But God saying, you're going. It was Him saying, Lord, I'm willing. Man, that's powerful. And so, He is able to help those who are being tempted. See, see, that's my, that's my challenge to us. When we, if we use the excuse or the, or the I, don't, I don't know if excuse is the prayer word, but if, if we use the analogy of, well, God, you know, sins take care of God's God forgives, God loves, God grace. So I can do this. But yet, if God gives us the power and the ability, if everything, when, when Jesus came into the lives of people, person after person, situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance, throughout the Gospels, and Jesus brought change. He never not loved. But what I always tell people, He didn't leave them the same. 